bruh. Daniel Carlson. I listen. I didn't get into the kicker props until recently. Had a few wise friends tell me a few wise things about betting on kickers. And they're sitting here with Daniel Carlson at one and a half field goals made for tonight's game against Kansas City. Let me tell you why that's significant. Because Daniel Carlson has kicked at least two field goals. That's all you need. All you need to do is for him to kick two field goals in seven consecutive games. You want to bet on kickers on teams that are good enough offenses, but not too good. That's exactly what the Raiders are. I don't even know if you should say they're good enough, but they will get into the red zone enough. Let me drop this a fucking big fact on you right now. The Raiders, four and a half red zone attempts per game. Their offense gets into the red zone four and a half times per game. That is second in the entire NFL, only behind who they're playing tonight, Kansas City. The math all adds up, which means he probably won't hit. But if he did, though, those numbers be looking fucking good tomorrow. Four and a half red zone attempts per game, Las Vegas Raiders. Carlson, seven games in a row with two field goals or more. All right, go to prize picks. Go absolutely demolish this square. Use promo code BDG when you sign up. And they're going to hit you with a 100% deposit match. We're bike, baby. I want to preface this video. Um, my brain's moving in slow-mo a little bit today. We're going to go game by game. Every single game of week five. And we're going to recap it. What it means from a fantasy takeaway. I went to go visit my little cousin at Georgia this weekend. We got down there Friday. Went to go watch the Georgia-Auburn game. We revisited college, all right? 21-year-old Nick came bike, and it wasn't a pretty sight. It wasn't a pretty sight for, you know, listen, you saw me on Friday or Saturday? No, you didn't. That's how I'll put it. But I'm down bad right now. I'm down tremendously. So just bear with me if we're moving in slow-mo. I'll try to take some questions from the chats as we go on. Go dogs. And we might take the operation down south, though. Seriously considering it. For tax purposes, of course. Ike is so mad. Ike's producing this live stream right now, and he's, he's fucking just, his, this is his fist right now behind the camera with me wearing this Georgia uh, sweatshirt. It's a beautiful thing. All right, let's get into the games. We're going to go, you know what we're going to do? We're just going to, we're going to jump into each game, kind of like we did last year. All right, we're going to jump into each game, go game by game, look at the box scores. See what it means for you, your family, your ancestors, and your fantasy teams. Colts on Thursday Night Football beat the Denver Broncos 12-9 in what quite possibly might have been the worst game in professional sports history. Matt Ryan is struggling. You know what's one of the bigger takeaways of this offseason right now? Actually, let me go big screen on this. One of the biggest takeaways, and I thought about making this like the thumbnail or the title or whatever, because I like to try to figure out a theme for the week or what I've seen in the NFL play itself out. Offensive lines have absolutely deterred many of the offenses that we thought were going to be good this year. The Indianapolis Colts are one of them. We have this in our mind that they've been like an elite offensive line for a very long time, and they're just not there. Matt Ryan does not have a lot. Of, he doesn't look great, but he doesn't have a lot of time, man. And these aren't weapons that he has on his side that separate easily, right? Like Pittman's a great receiver, but no one else gets open quickly. And when you have a deficient offensive line. It's one of the reasons we've seen Jonathan Taylor struggle so much. They have some like awesome players, but as a, as a total package, they're miniature. They're in a freezing cold lake. Okay. It's not good right now for their offensive line. 
Uh, we're seeing it with other teams like the Bengals O-line was supposed to be awesome. They haven't really got it together yet. Um, the Los Angeles Rams, their offensive line has absolutely killed their their offense as well. Like we're seeing with a lot of teams that we kind of took for granted having good offensive lines. We need to take it more seriously. I'm out here pleading for the fat boys, man. Get a bike to it. Yeah, so they're, they're in Struggle City. Uh, there's not much to take away from this game. Alec Pierce is looking like the real number two there. In Indy, kind of disappointing because I thought Mo Ali Cox was about to, you know, spread his shit. Didn't happen. He ended up playing on like 30% of the snaps again. And that's just like the three year pattern here. So let's not just try to figure it out every single week because it just doesn't work. Alec Pierce, though, um, I think he's someone for sure to pick up at this point. Um, He seems like the second option behind Michael Pittman in an offense that needs playmakers. Running backs, I'm not looking too deep into it because Jonathan Taylor will probably be back. He was dealing with a low ankle sprain. Obviously, it was a very quick turnaround for them on Thursday night, so it wasn't really his time to uh, to get bike into things. Uh, I'm going to switch to this one so they could see the box score a little bit more. Or, uh, yeah, in the comments, let me know. Do you like this setup more or this? It's obviously smaller on screen if we go here, but I'm not cutting off the receivers. I don't. Tell me. What do we like more? I just don't know what it looks like if you guys are watching on mobile, if it's too small. I could actually zoom in, too. That might be better. There we go. Oh, Jesus Christ. What am I doing here? Like, I'm fucking mess. Uh, I can't zoom in too much, though, because then it's going to cut off the boxes we made. All right, whatever. Fuck you guys. Um, Yeah, so Alec Pierce is a two. On the Denver side of things, Russell Wilson's hurt, man. He just had a shoulder procedure, which apparently is not, like, overly serious. But I was listening to a podcast this morning that said he might be out from, like, two to four weeks or something like that, which would, I mean, I'm not going to say it's going to, you know, kill this offense because this offense has already been stabbed in the back with a f- six machetes. Uh, but yeah, it's not good because Javante is already out. Uh, Melvin Gordon was obviously the number one guy there. He's not getting a workhorse role per se because Mike Boone was involved. Uh, but Melvin Gordon is definitely the guy. He did fumble again. It ended up not mattering. They didn't like turn it over or anything, but he came out after that. He did catch three balls for 49 yards, 18 uh, touches overall. So I think, I think Melvin Gordon's like a solid RB2 going forward um, with her without Mike Boone in the picture. As for the receivers, Jerry Judy's just kind of been blast this whole year. He's had a couple flash plays, but that's about all we can give to uh, Jerry Judy right now. He's not a guy I'm like fucking fighting to get into my lineup. Sutton's obviously like an every week top 15-ish type player. The offense is just struggling as a whole, so his weekly ceiling is a little bit tough to come by. There's not a lot of like scoring opportunities for him, but he's been super, super solid. Another huge game with 11 targets. So Sutton's a dude you get into your lineup every week. Judy is someone that you're going to have to be like in that sit start paying attention to uh, what's going on in the football sphere to make sure you should get him into your lineup or not. The New York football giants travel to London to play the green Bay Packers. And I, I, there's just, there's, I don't know what to say about the giants, man. This roster is, um, one of the more disgusting rosters of all time. I actually want to see if I could find a tweet. Uh, there's a tweet about the wide receiver snaps from yesterday's game. Right here. Look at the snap counts of these players. Marcus Johnson. Daniel Bellinger. Saquon Barkley, Richie James, Darius Slayton. I don't even know half the players on this list. And they're four and one. That's insane. But Saquon just looks like Saquon feels like he's putting to bed like the running backs don't matter. He's like the only running back that actually does matter. He's their entire team. 
It's unbelievable. He left this game uh, with an injury, ended up coming bike in, scored a touchdown. People in London were going nuts. 13 for 70 on the ground, a touchdown. I mean, he's just the number one overall player right now. He's, he's the guy that um, you're taking everywhere and anywhere if you were redoing drafts today. Uh, that's really the only takeaway here. Every wide receiver kind of stinks. They all have games where they, they don't completely stink, but you're not really starting anyone. Daniel Bellinger is a rookie that I really, really like. Um, weirdly got a, a two-yard score here, but he's a dude that, like, in Dynasty, yeah, I, I would go to – he looks like he's going to be a part of this team for a minute. So I would go send some low-ball trade offers for Daniel Bellinger, even though he's coming off a touchdown game. Maybe wait for it because he's a dude who's athletic. He had enough draft capital that he'll be a part of this offense for a minute, and they clearly need weapons. So uh, Danny B is – He's a guy, all right? And we look at the other side of the ball, Aaron Rodgers. He's just not playing with a lot of trust in his receivers right now, and that's, you know, not, I don't really blame him because his receiving board is Randall Cobb, Al Mazzari, Romeo Dobbs, Robert Tunyon, and a lot of bad players. Um, but the offense, the ceiling is just so, so terrible. I was listening to a podcast today that I believe – said that his highest finish this year, Aaron Rodgers' highest finish this year, that's fucking, what did I just say? Aaron Rodgers' highest fantasy finish in the year of our Lord, 2022, was the quarterback 12. He has not finished higher than the QB 12 in fantasy. So, he, I mean, he's just not really startable in one quarterback leagues at this point. You're probably taking higher upside guys after him because his offense just caps itself, man. It's 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 kind of gross. Um, the backfield is gross. Jones, 13 for 63. A.J. Dillon, 6 for 34. Aaron Jones didn't really catch any passes. A.J. Dillon literally didn't catch any passes. So uh, Dillon's a guy who people have been you know, rightly worried about, and I kind of shook it off and was like, eh, I'm not too worried about him. I'd, I'd continue putting him into my lineup. But at this point, I think he's sort of like a desperate flex play where they're not getting a lot of goal line opportunities, especially not for the running backs. They're not catching a lot of passes. The running backs, Aaron Jones, is clearly like the one here. So – uh, Dylan is probably a sit unless you have like literally nobody to go off of Cobb. This is just a whatever game. Lazard and Dobbs are still guys that I I'd probably continue to uh, throw into my lineups as wide receiver threes flexes. Uh, I still would prefer Dobbs rest of season. I think he's the most talented player in this receiver core. I think Christian Watson left with maybe like a hamstring injury. So maybe a little bit more condensed, but tough scene all around for, uh, for green Bay sitting at three and two could have been four and one, but it is what it be. Let's move on to the American games. I don't even know what to say about the Steelers, bro. Uh, Pickett, three, 327 yards, but the offense just, they got absolutely shithoused by Buffalo. This was a disgusting performance all around. And, uh, yeah, listen, man, Najee Harris, I benched him this week in E-Town Get Down. This is insane. I saw, I was telling the guys in the office this before, but played Animal in the E-Town Get Down League this year, right? And, uh, or this week, and I've been I, I took Najee Harris in the second round, and I've been talking about how I don't want to fucking play him anymore because he looks fat and slow and he stinks and they don't throw him passes anymore. And I benched him this week, and he was the best performing running back on my team. I started J.K. Dobbins, I started James Robinson, I have Damian Harris on the bench. Najee Harris's five point one points was the highest scorer of my running backs. Um. So, yeah, Najee stinks too, bro. This entire Steelers offense is, I mean, they're not going to do shit against the Buffalo Bills, obviously. Let me see what their schedule looks like. Buccaneers, another tough run. Ain't no fucking chance I'm putting Najee Harris into my lineup next week against the Bucs. He's slow. Jalen Warren looks more explosive, man. I think they should continue. Honestly, from a football perspective, they should continue using Jalen Warren uh, a lot. 
because he's looked really good. He's making big plays. He's making plays in Najee. People get obsessed with a fucking stiff arm. Like, I don't give a fuck about a stiff arm. What does that do for you in fantasy football? Cool. Najee Harris is big and strong. We know that shit. But he's not getting targets, and he has zero explosive plays. Guy carries it 11 times, and his longest rush is six yards. Are you fucking kidding me? Is he a buy low? No. He's. I've, I kind of want to fucking cut him. I'm not going to, but there's just a lot of disrespect coming out of my brain right now for him. It's like one of those things where, like, you know, in the offseason, he was, uh, like, my number one player on the fade list, and I got so much heat for it. I look back, one of our most popular videos popped off, like, 120K views this, this summer. It was a, it was a, I don't remember what the fucking title was, but it was just dudes not the fucking draft. Najee Harris was number one on it. And the entire comment section was like, you're an idiot, you're wrong, whatever. And then I ended up drafting him in E-Town Get Down because he fell to me in the second round. And now I'm, that's why I have so much spite towards him is because I knew it and then I still went against myself and then it fucked me, all right? I don't know if there's a lesson here. I just don't like Najee Harris. Uh, Pickett, you know, he looked fine. He's making things happen in an offense that just it clearly wasn't happening beforehand. Uh, Pickens, eight targets, six catches, 83 yards. Deontay Johnson. Like to be in the number one, 13 targets, five catches, six yards. No one with like a big uh, blow up game here. I believe Pat Firemuth left with a concussion. So definitely keep an eye on that. But again, this is just not a very powerful offense with a lot of weapons. So I think most guys are kind of in the same spot they were beforehand. Deontay Johnson is uh, a wide receiver, a low end wide receiver, too, because he gets a lot of volume. Pickens is obviously interesting. He's he's put together back to back really good games from um from from Pickett in there. So Pickens is a dude that I think I think you can feel pretty good about putting him into your lineup for the rest of the season as like a low end flex play. After the Bucks, they get the Dolphins, Eagles. Actually, they have a really tough string of defenses, but it gets a lot easier later on. With the Colts, the Falcons, Baltimore, Carolina, Las Vegas, Baltimore again. That's kind of fucking beautiful. George Pickens might be a dude to just straight up buy high on. On the Bills side of things, yeah, Josh Allen Cook, what else is new? This backfield is a disgusting mess. James Cook got in there for a touchdown. Uh, Devin Singletary continues to be the one here, but again, these are the games you're going to get when you start Devin Singletary, unfortunately. Uh, at the wide receiver group, this is clearly the biggest takeaway of the game here. Gabe Davis, three for 171 and a touchdown, or two touchdowns. He started off the game with a 98-yard uh, receiving score. Now, Gabe Davis felt like, I mean, he was a dude that um, everyone started writing off, but he was like injured. He was like very fucking clearly injured here. Um he rolled his ankle or what? I don't know what he was even dealing with, but he was very, very clearly hampered the last two weeks. And everyone's like, oh, he's shot. Like he was a bad draft pick. I thought he was like so obviously a buy low candidate over the last couple of weeks. Like once his ankle got right, of course, he was back to being the number two attached to um, Josh Allen. And Isaiah McKenzie was out for this one. And um, what the f- who was the fourth guy? Jameson Crowder's out for the year now. So it was literally just them too. And Khalil Shakir had a nice little uh, game for a rookie, three for 75 and a touchdown. But this is what Gabe, Gabe Davis is. He's not a great separator. He's not a great all-around wide receiver, but you don't need to be when you are attached to Josh Allen. You can see his price on Mojo went up 10% yesterday. I thought it's a screaming buy. It's a screaming buy. Like we knew all offseason he was going to be the number two. I guess a little bit banged up. That was like Michael Pittman last week. You know, he's dealing with an ankle injury. He's going to get right eventually. And then he's back to being what we thought he was. So Davis sitting there, that's a big price, uh, $14.15 on Mojo, which is around where some of these really talented rookies are, like Garrett Wilson and Drake London and stuff. Um, What what would you be doing with Davis here if that's his stock price? I don't know if you guys are familiar with Mojo. They're a company we work with. They're like the sports stock market. 
and um, their app is fucking flawless. It's beautiful. I would go download it. You can only play if you're in New Jersey, but you can go look at the prices and like mess around. They will be opening up in a lot more states as the um, as the you know the season and the years pass by. There's a lot of legality behind you know opening up as a sports books in a lot of states. But Gabe Davis, man, uh, big game, good to see. Obviously, he's going to be back in your lineup. Stefan Diggs is the goat. Let's move on. We have the. I'm just going to right click, open all these motherfuckers. I got to move faster. I'm moving in slow-mo, I feel like. Do we like the pace right now, or am I taking too long? Like, can I not talk about Najee Harris for 95 minutes? I love Mojo. There we go, Courtney. Like I said, <laughs> hurry up. I can't tell if you're serious or you just don't want to produce for an another hour and a half. I like the pace. Hey, we got one for the good guys. I like your picture. You good. We chilling. Do you? Oh, I love. Look at that. Look at that. You mind if I fucking crack a beer? Ikey, baby. Look me up. Good pace overall. We love it. I like the fast pace, but good stuff. I can't. The problem is I don't think I could do fast pace right now. All right. Charges. Browns. Listen, I'm not here to talk about how the games end. I'm not here to talk about how teams win and lose and whatever, whatever. We're here to talk about fantasy, but good fucking Lord, the Chargers. Big win by them, I suppose. Uh, Keenan Allen was out for this one. Herbert, 228 and a touchdown through the air. This is just one of those games where it turned out to be an Eckler game. You know, those are going to happen when you have a guy as talented as him. Josh Kelly is clearly taking the RB2 role here. So if you own Eckler, I think grabbing Josh Kelly makes a lot of um, makes a lot of sense. He's like the handcuff that we weren't really sure who it was going to be for a while. Not Sony Michelle. One carries your yards, but Josh Kelly gets into the end zone. He was involved, you know, pretty early on. Holy fuck, you scared the shit out of me. Should have brought me a white claw. Let's go. Now we roll. Roll dogs. Oh, that was such a bad. This is such a bad mistake. This is uh, why did you do that, Ike? Uh, okay. Mike Williams continues to Mike Williams, people. He's looked so fucking good this year, man. And I'd like to say, you know, when Keenan gets back, Mike Williams goes back down to earth, but I feel like this offense is so condensed to just Mike Williams, Eckler making plays, and Keenan Allen. So they are who we thought they were. Even though we need some more touchdowns from Mikey Dubs. I think we took him over six and a half for the year on uh, on prize picks. Um, 13 targets, 10 for 134. Not a, a lot of other takeaways here. You're always starting Herbert. You're always starting Eckler. I would pick up Josh Kelly. Um, Palmer's been wildly disappointed. He always felt like a man player. He always felt like a dude who was just like so mid that people wanted to force into something more. But he just ain't that fucking guy. Move over to Cleveland. Jacoby Brissett continues to, you know, lead this team in a way. They're two and three. They probably could have won two. They honestly could be five and zero oh at this point, but that's not how the NFL fucking works. But shout out to Nick Chubb for continuing to absolutely dominate. 17 for 134 and two touchdowns. Good Lord, was everybody wrong on Nick Chubb. Kareem Hunt, 1147 and a touchdown on the ground. I mean, those guys, you just get into your lineup every week, obviously. The Njoku breakout absolutely continues and you love to see it six for six 88 yards at this point you're starting in joku over like 95 percent of the fantasy tight ends okay you start him over you're starting him over the kyle pitts you're starting i wouldn't start him over obviously kelsey andrews uh dallas goddard is my fucking guy right now who else we got here um yeah i mean like listen and joku's probably like a top six fantasy tight end going forward every single week it took him another sip won't be taken all right oh, fuck why are you peer pressuring man you think i won't chug this right now why do we have tall boys in the office you fucking cunts um 
Amari Cooper, seven for 76 and touchdown. Honestly, shout out to Animal for believing in Amari Cooper when no one else will. This dude has strung together like an incredible group of games. And this passing offense, listen, the passing offense, I'm not going to say it's hitting its stride, but they found their identity. That's what I'll say. Their identity, enough, Courtney, their identity is running the ball through Nick Chubb, getting Kareem Hunt involved, and then throwing the ball to Cooper and David Njoku over and over again. You love a condensed offense for fantasy football. You love to see condensity, all right? not sure what condensity means. Is condensity a word? Fuck you. Tatum being condensed. Yeah, fuck you. It's not a no. Do you guys see Ike's text messages popping up in the top right corner? No, they don't. Coward. Um. Yeah, nothing else to take away. David Bell getting involved. One catch, six yards. Love to see it. Bears, Vikings. I'll say the only thing I care about on the Bears side, because everyone is horrible, um, David Montgomery went back to being the workhorse. And you hate to see that for Khalil Herbert. How are you going to feed this guy 12 carries when he averages 1.7 yards per carry? Yeah, but this is just a thing. Guys, Here, here's a, here's, here's a little piece of um, both dating advice and fantasy football advice. When people tell you who they are, believe them, okay? So when they tell you that they like David Montgomery about a thousand times better than Khalil Herbert, let's just believe them. Let's, let's stop trying to force a Khalil peg into a David hole. Pause. Fuck. All right. Yeah, David Montgomery can be started. He's, he's definitely a guy I'd be looking to sell if I could off of this, just based on that logic that I just gave. He's a guy I'd like to sell because he's just not efficient whatsoever, and I don't want running backs in offenses like this. On the other side of the ball, Kirk started off absolutely on fire. I think he had 17 completions in a row. Um, record for the Vikings. Justin Jefferson is just f- incredible. Um, I think the Falcons should probably trade for him. No, no one believes me. I don't think that's a good idea. All right. Dalvin Cook finally gets into the end zone. This is what we were drafting Dalvin Cook for. Not getting tackled inside the five-yard line, but getting t- tackled inside the part of the fucking football field where there's paint. We need to get in the paint box, and Dalvin Cook did it. So good to see. Um, we were nervous about the shoulder injury. There's still a very high chance that he re-injures that shoulder at any point during this season. But 18 for 94, two touchdowns. He also catches two balls for 27 yards. So we're talking about a buck 20, 20 touches, that's like the cleanest line of all time. 21-22. Get it done, put it in the lineup, and we're out of here. Alexander Madison pretty heavily involved, though. They did get up big, so I don't want to like take any craziness away from it. But Dalvin Cook, he's there. He's there, but I, I, I don't know if I, I continue to rank him as like a top five running back, which is weird saying coming off of this game, but it is, it is what it is. Um, if he doesn't score the touchdowns, I don't know. He's looked a little bit lackey of juice this year. He'll be fine going forward, though. Chicago is also terrible. You can anybody can run the ball against them. Let's see what the Vikings got going up uh, next few games. Dolphins, they're actually a good run fence, I believe. Or I might have just lied. Uh, Dolphins, Cardinals, Washington, Buffalo. Okay, so yeah, I mean, uh, I don't know why I'm talking about not starting Alan Cook. Makes no sense. What else we got? Lions, Patriots. What a game by the Detroit Lions. What a game. Zero points. They are the high. I think Twitter, the Detroit Lions Twitter clapped back at somebody on Twitter talking about how they're a terrible team. And then they they were like, yeah, we're the number one scoring team in the NFL. You think Uncle Bill didn't see that? Uncle Bill, he doesn't stay on Twitter often. 
But when he does, he makes a damn impact. Jared Goff looked terrible. Jamal Williams ain't really doing shit, which is unfortunate. DeAndre Swift, they have their bye next week, I believe. 1023, I can't do math right now. I think they have their bye next week, and then DeAndre Swift should be back. So Jamal Williams goes back to just being the uh, number two here. You're not going to start him when Swift is back from his – I mean, I guess you can throw him into your flex. He's been okay. Josh Reynolds continues to kind of eat with DJ Chark out, even though Amon Ra St. Brown was uh, very limited. I mean, we knew he was going to be limited going into the game. There were reports that he was going to be on a snap count, a limited snap count. So unsurprising to see him uh, have a bad game. TJ Hawkinson, the least unsurprising thing of all time, because when anyone good is on the field, TJ Hawkinson turns into a not good football player. But Josh Reynolds intrigues the shit out of me, um, as long as DJ Chark is out. And also vice versa. If one of those guys were to miss time and DJ Chark was on the field, I like both of them. Um, so... Yeah, this is just a reminder that, you know, the Detroit Lions kind of uh, they were always going to come down back to to earth and they play the Cowboys tough, tough defense. I mean, they got to go through the bye anyway, so we'll figure that out when we get there. The Patriots, 29 nothing. the biggest takeaway here. There's two big takeaways. Jacoby Myers, bike after missing two weeks, seven for 111 and a touchdown. He's a guy that you can get back into your flex spot for sure. Bailey Zappi, uh, kind of a, I mean, they didn't need to do much. 17 for 21, 188. I think Mac Jones should probably be back next week. He was fighting to play this week, but the ankle injury was pretty fucking serious. I think at this point they kind of walked away, luckily, with a win, so maybe they give him another week to rest and recover. But Damian Harris goes down with a hamstring injury, okay? And it was literally all Ramondre Steven Goat. And as you can see from the mojo pricing, he goes up 75 cents. He goes up 10% after this game. He was just sitting there straddling the field on that on that chart to the right over there. So you can go invest in Ramondre Stevenson right now for $7.99 a share on Mojo. And I don't know if I like, if there's a buy I like better. Ramondre is a dude I've always, I've always believed in as a player. Now he's finally got his shot. This is like Khalil Herbert if he wasn't on the Bears. 25 for 161, catches two balls for 14 yards. And you know, he's going to catch more balls next week. If he is the workhorse there in New England, he is going to be so heavily involved. 27 fucking touches there, man. Steven season. Let's go. Mm. So he's definitely not available on your waiver wire, but I believe Damon Harris should probably miss a week, maybe two weeks. Hamstrings kind of uh, have a tendency to linger. So I wouldn't be surprised if uh, he just carves out a massive role for the rest of the season and he doesn't really look bike here. So Stevenson will likely be, as if Damon Harris is out, Stevenson, regardless of who's under center, is going to be ranked probably inside the top 12 for me. Uh, probably no one else to look at. I'm sure they'll get someone else involved, maybe like Pierre Strong or somebody, but no one that I'm actually uh, looking at seriously on the waiver wire. Seahawks Saints, another big waiver wire game. So Geno Smith is just, man, I don't even know what to do with him. Why is he so good? What happened to Geno Smith in the best way possible? 268, another three touchdowns. Um, the biggest takeaways here are obviously the Rashad Penny injury. Rashad Penny broke the fuck out of his leg. He will be out for the remainder of the season. Kenneth Walker fills in eight carries, 88 yards, a touchdown. He obviously hits a long of 69 yards. He broke away a big, big touchdown. And he looked beautiful doing it. No one ever said he was a bad runner, but now that Penny's out, he is going to be uh, a very, very viable fantasy asset. I don't know if he's available on your waiver wire, but if he is, this is the type of player that you go all the fuck in on. All right. You take your pants down and you do everything you can. Jets-Fins game also, yeah, 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 yeah. We didn't get there, buddy. We didn't get there, buddy. 
Um, yeah, so Kenneth Walker is going to be the early down guy. Uh, DJ Dallas played on third downs, so I still – the same questions, the same um, problems I had with Walker going into the season, regardless of Rashad Penny, was his involvement in third downs, and he still seems to be heavily uninvolved in that part of the game, which yeah, we're going to need to see. I, I, You know, listen, like you take out one more running back like Rashad Penny, and again, it gets more condensed in the backfield. So do I think Kenneth Walker probably starts to catch like two passes a game? Probably, but he's the type of dude who, as you could see here, like a 69-yard run is something that will, there you go. There's your fantasy game right there. And Kenneth Walker is one of the most pure-bred runners in the NFL. He's one. Of, he's probably, arguably, the best runner in this class. We're probably tied there with Brees Hall, who we'll talk about in a little bit. But Kenneth Walker, ball player. As you can see, he goes up temper. This seems to be a theme here on Mojo. If you can buy somebody before a big game, you're going to get a 10% dub. You're taking home 10% revenue, right? So if you if you invested $100 in Ken, Kenneth Walker, your stocks just went up 10%, and you love to see that. All right, so Kenneth Walker takes over as the guy for the remainder of the season there. You blow most of what you have fab-wise if you need a running back. Bad. Tyler Lockett continues to absolutely eat up the fucking haters. Same thing with DK Metcalf. Both of them catch five yards. Both of them get into the end zone once or twice. So, again, another offense that's very, very, very condensed. It's Kenneth Walker, it's Tyler Lockett, it's DK Metcalf for the remainder of the season. On the flip side of things, of course, Taysom Hill goes off because, of course, I was playing against Taysom Hill in the bash, playing against, I think, the highest-scoring team in the entire fucking tournament. You hate to see it. Taysom Hill gets in the end zone three times. So I guess this will likely be part of their game plan as long as Jameis Winston is out. I'm not sure how long he'll be out for. He's dealing with, like, fucking – you know what's crazy to me? This happens every year. There are, like, NFL players who just break their bike. They just straight-up break all their skeleton system. Like, it's just cr- – everything cracks in half. And they're like, yeah, I'm just going to play through it. What kind of fucking witchcraft they got going on there in the in the training rooms? How do you let a guy with a broken back get onto the field? The Saints didn't, obviously, because it's Andy Dalton's season. But um, but I feel like that happens every year. Everyone just breaks their back and just plays through it. It's insane. But it was good to see, uh, I guess, if you start a taste, and he's a guy that you're probably going to continue to start in your lineup at tight end because everyone stinks at tight end. And he's getting a lot of opportunities with Jameis Winston out. Kamara had a little bounce by game, 23 for 103, six catches, 91 yards. So you're talking about 29 touches. That's the most he's probably had in a uh, in a hot minute. So Kamara, we were worried about him. I mean, listen, he's still going to have games like he's had the last couple of weeks, but this is the type of upside that you draft a player like Alvin Kamara for. Chris Alave suffers a bad concussion uh, earlier on in the game with a touchdown score. He was on his way to another monster game. We'll see if he misses next week. Uh, at most, players typically miss about a week. A lot of them come back, I think, on the higher percentage side of things. They come back within that first week, so hopefully he doesn't miss any games. Um, if he does, I don't even know where I would look. Like Maybe Mark, you, you know, you know. I'll just be quiet. You're not starting anybody in this lineup if he is not playing. But if he is playing, uh, uh, Michael Thomas might be back next week, too. I'm not really sure what's going on with him. Everything is super sus, as it's been for the last, like, three years. So I have no idea if he's going to be playing next week. Chris Olave, though, four for 54 and a touchdown. He's an every week, like, top 15, top 18 player. Georgie Cook, how much fab on Kenneth? I have the full 100. Uh, well, I would go check to see if anyone else has – 100 in your league, I would I would try to read the room a little bit. But listen, I would not be um, against you throwing 50, 60, 70 onto Kenneth Walker. Like, this is the one chance you have to get a clear, very talented starter in the NFL right now on an offense that's been wildly surprising. Like, yeah, they're going to have their ups and downs, but if you look at their scoring throughout so far, 
the last three weeks, at least, they're getting it together. 32 points, 48 points, 23 points. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. First couple games were, you know, tough because... Niners are a great defense. The Broncos are a really good defense, but they get the Cardinals, the Chargers, the Giants, the Cardinals again. Bucks are tough, but like there's a lot of not good defenses on the schedule for the Seahawks where Kenneth Walker should be pretty heavily involved. So again, yeah, I would um I would see what your league mates typically do. Like I'm in some leagues where people never really drop more than like 30 or 40 on a player, so I would probably go 50 there. But if you think it's going to take the full 100 to fucking get them, I, I'd, I'd go high, man. I'm, I would not fault anybody for going upwards of 60, 70, 80 on, uh, on Kenneth Walker if you, if you really need a running back here. He's the type of talent that could have some like league-winning capability towards the end of the season, man. So let's see what else we got. We have like 90 games left. Sick. I need another fucking beer, Ike. I have so much work to do after this. So much. Just give me a second. I need to breathe. Yeah. We're bike. Uh, okay, so I'd like to just start off by saying fuck Miami Dolphins, fuck their quarterback room, fuck everything that they stand for. This is the second week in a row I'm going to lose in the E-Town get down because of my because of a Miami starting quarterback. Tua last week, cool. You know what? I got Winston, I got Tua, got a bench day ass because they're not playing, and I put in t- enough, enough, Ike, enough. Fuck. Um. Teddy comes in, one play. I'm looking at my fantasy score. It's like three quarters of the way through the second quarter, right? I'm I'm out and I'm I'm I don't I'm in the airport yesterday trying to track what the fuck's going on in the NFL. I see Teddy Bridgewater's got me zero points in fantasy. I'm like, damn, I knew he was bad, but like zero points. And then comes to find out he did. So went into the concussion protocol, said he wasn't, didn't have a concussion, but he was still woozy on the sideline. And then there's also a non-throwing elbow injury. So a lot of nonsense going on. Skylar Thompson takes over. Uh, he's not a guy that you're picking up for fantasy. We'll see if Tua can return anytime in near future. But the big takeaway here, well, there's two things. If if they're if the quarterbacks keep missing time, like this is the type of output we're going to see. It's a lot of manufactured plays to Tyree Kill. Waddle, three for 23. It's just, it's bad. It's bad news um, for Waddle. Like if, if Skylar Thompson is the starting quarterback next week, Waddle becomes like a, a bottom wide receiver two. You know, a guy that you put in your flex play, but only because you know he has game-breaking ability. Other than that, Tyreek Hill obviously stays in, but the running back group is is really one to talk about on both sides of the ball here, right? Those are the big takeaways. It's very clearly Raheem Mostert's backfield. I made a TikTok uh, earlier this week about Raheem Mostert, about how, um, you know, everyone was picking Raheem Mostert up off the waiver wire for like the fourth time this year. It's like, oh, you pick him up because he seems like he's going to be the guy. Then it's Chase Edmonds week, so you drop him. And then he has the game. And then you go back and pick him up. Looks like he's here to stay. 
and mostly because Chase Edmonds has been horrible, right? We liked him a lot this offseason, but one of the things I kept saying was, like, it really wouldn't surprise me if he – again, going back to, like, when people show you who they are, believe them, okay? So with Chase Edmonds, he has never been more than, like, a five-carry-a-game, five-target-a-game dude, and he's not even that anymore. Um, so he is – I would easily drop Chase in a 10-team league, like 12-team. Maybe you can hold on to him if you really, really want to, but he clearly ain't it in this offense. Miles Gaskin had more touches, more snaps, more everything than Chase Edmonds did. So, yeah, we're out there. But Raheem Mostert seems to be a guy who's, like, really explosive. They need these guys to uh, combat the shitty quarterback play that they have right now. Raheem Mostert seems to be a guy that you could for sure flex, like, every single week now and say because all I do is drop him. Uh, on the flip side of things, Zach Wilson walks away with another dub. I mean, listen, like everyone's going nuts about the New York Jets. They play against Skylar Thompson. Sounds like a TikToker. Looks like if. What is this? Damn. He looks like, uh, looks like Travis Kelsey if he never graduated from college. Looks like Travis Kelsey on crack. Sorry, Skylar. That was mean. I don't know why I said that. He's not, he's not a bad-looking dude, all right? He's just not a good quarterback in the NFL, put it that way. Um, I just needed to see what he looked like. Jets. The Jets. Brees fucking Hall, man. Brees Hall, first running back drafted in the class. This dude is so... I Like, okay, here's what I'll say. His combine was insane. Right, like he had one of the all-time combines. You can leave that up, Ike baby. Four three nine, speed score in the ninety-eighth percentile for someone who weighs two hundred seventeen pounds. Burst score in the ninety-fourth percentile. Like I didn't believe that. Like anyone who watched him play at Iowa State knows damn well he ain't running a. He's not Chris Johnson level of fucking speed. He gets caught on the one-yard line, actually multiple times this game. Leads to Michael Carter touchdowns, but he's exactly who we thought he was realistically coming into the year. He's been awesome in the passing game. He's starting to really get it together on the ground. Um, so Brees Hall is just like an every week top 15, if not an RB1. So for those of y'all that got him, for those of y'all that maybe traded low on him after the first couple of weeks of the season, as I was saying, we're looking fucking good. Michael Carter is just falling so far behind. Yes, he got a couple of uh, one-yard touchdown runs, but that's all to the th- – I hope he bought Brees like a pair of shoes after the game or some shit. And uh, it's becoming very – clear and obvious now obviously they got this game kind of got out of hand in the fourth quarter but zach wilson um 21 pass attempts the team had 33 rushing attempts they have a very clear vision in mind for when zach is on the field and they didn't have a single player with more than three catches reese hall obviously went two for 100 uh, had a long of 79 yards but extremely tough to trust any receiver in this uh in this receiving group Corey davis garrett wilson elijah moore has obviously been fucking depressing as shit if you have him on your team but I, I don't know if I could start any of these guys outside of like a flex spot by week fill-in at this point. The Jets play the Packers next week in Green Bay, in Lambeau. Zach Wilson should probably be eaten apart. Then they play at Denver in Mile High, and then the Patriots, and then the Bills, and then at the Patriots. So you have a really tough string of five games for this New York Jets offense and Zach Wilson. So as optimistic as we are, we like the New York Jets, right? We're we're a New York brand over here, and we like rooting for underdogs. Uh, I don't I don't think the next few weeks are going to be particularly pretty for Zach Wilson and this group. But you continue to roll out Brees Hall. That's really the only player you could start at this point, bro. I don't even know where to start with the roughing the passer 
penalty. This is some bullshit. Like we already have the football gods and and whoever does that bullshit to us, the Atlanta Falcons, like we got everything going and working against us mentally, spiritually, physically. And then you're going to pull that shit. Like the 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 tackle that um I don't even let's see, hopefully it pops up on the thing here. No, we're just not gonna show that. Yeah, because it's fucking fake NFL propaganda. The NFL called that play in and said you better call a goddamn penalty on Tom Brady soon. That's such fucking nonsense, man. Give us a break. We're like a good we're a good team this year. All right, we're not a good team, but we're like we're not bad. I thought we were gonna be like 0 9 going into week ten. We're two and three, should be three and two. Should it be Tampa Bay? Tampa Bay should be two and three. Should be under 500. I don't respect Tom Brady. He's honestly not even that good. Mariota. We need to bench Mariota's ass soon. That's what we need to do. Desmond Ritter time is almost upon us. Uh, in the backfield, though, uh, I mean, this was pretty predictable. I said I I, I I thought there was a chance Tyler Algier has like a big game just due to volume. Not big game, not good game, not efficient by any, by any matter stretch of the imagination. I thought he'd be a little bit more involved in the passing game, especially with Kyle Pitts out. Didn't happen. Tyler Algier, 13-45. Caleb Huntley, 8 for 34. Avery Williams, 3 for 11. And he gets the score near the end zone. Uh, so it's an ugly-ass backfield. But we expected that against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense. They're one of the best in the league, obviously. Uh, Drake London, disappointing game. But you don't start anybody in that receiving group outside of London ever. Tom Brady does throw for 351. Attempted 52 passes. So I like – here's the thing. When they have Chris Godwin in the lineup, they just tend to pass the ball a, a ton more, which is really good for Lenny. 10 catches, 83 yards, and a touchdown. Also runs one in, 14 for 56. And the pipe dream of Rashad White being a thing uh, got quiet real quick. Again, I thought a lot of that had to do with the fact that um, the Buccaneers got down so quickly last week that they were just trying to mix in the playmakers and get people explosive and just whatever it was. So uh, Rashad White's not to be trusted in lineups. Fournette is clearly to be trusted. Mike Evans got tackled on the one-yard line. Otherwise, he would have had a big game. But Chris Godwin, clearly, like, you get, you get him back into your lineup ASAP. Six for 60 or six for 61. Brady owns you. I'll fucking own you right now. Pull up. That's all I got. I don't have a lot of good things to say in my brain. Oh, uh, yeah. So Godwin for me is like a, he's a low end wide receiver two right now. I think we need to see him a little bit more involved near the red zone. I think uh, it's going to take a couple more weeks still to get like explosive plays really back into the mix, but Godwin has for sure. Light him up. Titans and Washington. I will, I will just start out by saying Brian Robinson running out of the tunnel to many men was quite possibly the hardest thing I've ever seen. Quite possibly the toughest shit that's ever graced social media. Quite possibly the fucking most electric thing to bless the timelines ever. I could barely get out of bed this morning. I watched that video. And I was in the office in seven minutes. So fucking good. So good. The opposite of Ryan Tannehill. I think Ryan Tannehill completed one pass. He completed the pass to Nick Westbrook-Akini for 61 yards. Um, but was so bad outside of that. I don't think he completed a pass. Like, Robert Woods had a 13-yard catch. But outside of the running backs, like Derrick Henry had a 24, Dontrell had 13. Outside of that, every single pass Tannehill was throwing was like six yards. It's bad. Uh, Tannehill is unstartable, obviously. Derrick Henry is legit, though. Uh, he's he's exactly 
what people who drafted him hope we'd see. He's back to getting 30 touches a game, 28, 102, and two touchdowns. He's a little bit slow on the juice, I'm not going to lie. Uh, we're not seeing as many like big plays out of him this year, of course, but as long as the volume continues to run right through him, he is going to continue to run right through defenses. So you feel good about Derrick Henry. Two for 30, again, a little bit involved in the passing game, man, as as opposed to a long time. He, he was going like one for fucking seven every single game, but it's really, really raising his ceiling. I want to see where he ranks right now currently. He's got to be like a top five at worst fantasy running back, right? FPPR he is the yep running back four. Man, what a sad, sad year for running backs. Only one player over 20 fantasy points. Actually, Tevin Coleman. Tevin Coleman averaging 20.2 fantasy points per game. Go. Um, yeah, so even with Traylon Burks out, there's no one that really can be trusted. I, I don't hate Robert Woods being in your flex because he's going to be the number one guy there, but none of his plays, none of them are number one plays. You know, they're all just like dump offs in the slot. So not much to do on the Titans side of things. On Washington, again, like this goes back to the to the backfield. Brian Robinson comes in first game off the shooting nine for 22 Gibson only gets three carries like Gibson is so fucking dead Gibson is he is the backup on both carrying the ball and pass catching out of the backfield it's Brian Robin season Gibson to me Gibson is droppable I would 1000% rather own Brian Robinson than JD McKissick I don't know what's going to happen on the goal line I, I think that's going to be mostly Brian Robinson we might have to see it before we know for sure but um, yeah, Gibson is, is is super shot for fantasy, unfortunately. On the receiving side of things, Jahan Dotson did not play in this one. So De'Ami Brown filled in. Four targets, two catches, 105 yards, two touchdowns. Yeah, the Gabriel Davis, Davis treatment. Catches a 75-yarder, catches a 30-yard touchdown. Um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not going out there to pick him up. He is the worst receiver of the top four. I believe he ran the six most routes in this one, too, out of um, – Terry, I think I think there were six players that ran more routes than he did. It was very non-predictable. He's an explosive playmaker down the field. Like, that's what he did at UNC. He was a guy who caught big-time plays, but he's not like a possession receiver. He's not a good all-around separator or anything like that. So we're not, you know, as soon as Jahan Dotson gets back, remember, first-round pick, like, it's it's over for De'Ami Brown and you bitches. Um, so, yeah, don't don't read too much into that performance. Sean Richardstein said, uh, trade Jonathan Taylor, Sutton, and Godwin for Chubb and Chase. Uh, JT Sutton and God. Wow. Um, to be honest, yeah, I probably would take the Chubb and Chase side. I know Chase has been kind of miserable, but he's, uh, the, he's elite, right? Like he's going to have his games. They're going to get their shit back together. And Chubb's the number one fantasy running back right now. JT's coming back from a ankle injury. Their offensive line looks absolutely shot. Matt Ryan looks shot right now. Cortland Sutton is now dealing with a quarterback who just had mid season shoulder surgery. Uh, and Godwin's awesome. I think he's going to be great rest of the season, but damn, that's a lot to give up, but I think you're getting, I think you're arguably getting the two best players in the trade. So I, I kind of like the Chubb and Chase side. Yeah. Uh, unless you need like depth. All right. Relax with the fucking, uh, sit stars over here. Ike baby. We're trying to, we're trying to get through a feature film in this Texans, Damian Pierce, the absolute goat, literally nothing else to talk about. This dude has 29 touches. 20, anyone who drafted him in Dynasty, anyone who traded Saquon Barkley for him in Dynasty, absolute dub. 26 for 99. Touchdown. Catch three balls for 14 yards. It is 
Uh, it is Damian Pierce season. I don't know if you can trust a single other person in this uh, offense. Brandon Cooks is a guy who I feel like we knew this was kind of coming. Like he's a nice, stable player, the, the clear number one here. But these types of games, four for 20 on six targets, were so obviously going to come in an offense led by Davis Mills. Davis Mills seems to be not the answer. Although Jacksonville's defense is nice, their offense was supposed to be fucking nice. It turns out that that was a lie. 286 yards, two interceptions, no touchdowns for Trevor Lawrence. Listen, these are going to be the trials and tribulations of a team on the upswing. Regardless of how the outcome um, finished in this one, Jacksonville is going to have their hiccups. They're not going to go from one of, if not the worst team in the NFL last year, to you know a playoff team. Like, these are still going to happen. These stinkers of games are still going to happen. But if there was a takeaway from this game, it was this backfield. And, of course, because I started James Robinson, um, if I started James Robinson – well, I started seeing James Robinson, so I apologize to everybody else out there that did that because that's why he had a bad game. ETN came in, played a season high, had a season high in touches, looked fucking wildly explosive. He looked really good. He looked like the guy that we wanted to draft in the offseason and in the summer. And James Robinson, he's had a couple big plays this year, but if we're going to be completely honest, has looked like Cam Akers with the Achilles injury outside of like the big explosive plays, which you don't want to just take that away because, of course, it's part of fantasy. But we're seeing a lot of like 2.7, 2.2, 3.4 yard per carry games out of Robinson where they're just like sticking it into the back. Now, this could be a symptom of them just not having any explosive plays. So we just want to get Travis Etienne in the open field. He's a guy who runs an extremely fast 40. You know, that's what he did in college. He, he had big explosive plays. So maybe that's a part of it. But I think it's very, very obvious that this seems like it is kind of converging into more of a committee where they're looking for another playmaker out of the backfield. I think, listen, when they play teams that they should stomp on, which I guess it's almost impossible to predict now because you thought Houston at home would have been that team. The Giants, the Broncos, yeah, I mean, they don't have a lot of teams we're going to look at it and be like, yeah, the Jacksonville Jaguars should wipe it up. But in games that they win, uh, I do think that they'll definitely still have a lean towards James Robinson in terms of carries, and he's the goal linebacker still. So it can be valuable, but I think we need to start looking at James Robinson as more of like a low-end RB2, high-end RB3 than what we thought he was going to be as like an RB1 after the first couple big weeks of the season. Nothing else really to take away. Uh, Christian Kirk seems to be like a very, very easy buy-low candidate for me coming off of this game. Three targets, one catch, 11 yards. You might be like, oh, you know, it's finally here that the Jacksonville Jaguars showed who they were. He showed the offense. Kirk's a guy that I would absolutely go fucking trade for right now if I could. What else we got? 49ers, Panthers. This is just disgusting. Matt Rule got the axe this morning, so I'm not going to pretend like that change is going to do anything for us. You're just not starting anyone in Carolina outside of Christian McCaffrey, who was good to see. 21 touches, over 100 yards of scrimmage, and another touchdown. The 12 targets was a beautiful thing to see, but obviously they were getting their fucking asses tainted, and um, that will lead to a lot of passing attempts. Uh, Baker Mayfield got hurt in this one, right? He left in a walking boot, I believe, and that means P.J. Walker. So I actually don't know what the split was when P.J. Walker came into the game. You know what? Here, we're going to do some research. This is how the, this is how the cookies crumble. This is how the coochies made. Oh, he didn't play till the end, end of the game. P.J. Walker passed to Ricci, passed to Marshall, passed to Marshall, passed to Shy Smith, passed to Ricci. Who the fuck is Ricci? Giovanni Ricci. He's he's got to be Irish, right? Definitely not Italian for sure. Um, okay, so no passes to C Mac from PJ Walker, but let's not take a six fucking throw sample size. Uh, hopefully, we will hear more news about Baker uh, in the coming day or so. On the flip side, though, Jeff Wilstein, bro, seventeen for one twenty and a touchdown. 
just a huge game. He continues to make explosive plays, which is probably the most surprising part of his game. Like, I think we knew he was going to get volume once Elijah Mitchell went down, but this dude breaks off like a huge run every week. 41 yards in this one. Tevin Coleman was a little, like, uncomfortably involved in this one, but again, when you're up by fucking 40 points, you're you're going to start mixing in some players. Uh, Brandon Ayuk, 3 for 58. George Kittle, 5 for 47. Debo Samuel, man, did not get his first touch in this game, I think, to, like, the fucking two-minute warning in the first uh, in the first half. Um, so this is a passing offense that's becoming increasingly diff- difficult to have confidence in starting anyone. Like Ayuk's a Ayuk is like a flimsy flex play. You keep rolling out Debo, obviously as like a wide receiver too. But this is one of the concerns that we had going into the year. Just I don't know everything that he was doing last year just felt like not fluky because he's a great player, but really really tough to compete. And Jeff Wilson, they're like running their offense legitimately through Jeff Wilson, which is out of control. Um. What else? Yeah, George Kittle's another guy that, like, really, really difficult to uh, trust on a weekly basis. He just really hasn't been it since he's come back. But we know what he can do on a weekly basis, and I hate to say that because that's, like, what the entire tight end position is. Entire tight end position is literally just, like, saying to yourself, this guy's so talented, he's eventually going to break free. Like Kyle Pitts, like, all these dudes. And eventually at some point you're like, all right, let me get the guy like David Njoku who actually puts up six for 80 every week rather than hoping that George Kittle goes better than five for 35. So – You'll, it'll be interesting to see where uh, where we put George Kittle in the rankings next week, but I think we're probably going to push him down a little bit to outside of his actual talent range. All right, three more games before I pass the fuck away. Cowboys Rams. Cowboys walk away with another win. Uh, supposedly Dak Prescott is still a little bit further off from returning, um, so keep an eye on the injury reports. Tony Pollard continues to look like he's better than Ezekiel Elliott and uh, the Cowboys continue to act like he doesn't look like he's better than Ezekiel Elliott. They just do two very, very different things, right? Zeke is the, the grinder here. 22 for 78 didn't catch a single, not a single target to the running backs, only 16 pass attempts in the entire game. Um, so obviously the Cowboys offense is uh, their ceiling is very, very capped when Cooper rush is at the QB position. But I think you continue to put Zeke in as, as a flex play. I think you continue to put Tony Pollard in as a flex play, but nothing, more than that, on the Rams side of the thing, I saw someone uh, comment that Allen Robinson should probably be in the XFL. Uh, yeah, at this point, I mean, he's he was droppable like two weeks ago, to be completely honest with you. And now it's uh, now it's just getting embarrassing. Now it just feels like they're toying with us. The only startable players in this offense are Cooper Cup and Tyler Higby. Higby is, is, is like routinely ripping off 10 targets a game. This is insane. I, I was Higby was like one of my favorite sleepers going into the year, but I never in my life that I imagine me in week five, like fucking pop, pumping up Tyler Higby like, hey, you easily play his ass over Kyle Pitts. He is two times the player that George Kittle wishes he could fucking be like Tyler Higby. Like, what is happening? But you love to see it. Um, everyone else is really bad, especially the running backs. Cam Akers just looked like what we thought Cam Akers was going to be coming into the year there. This is a team with like a really, really bad offensive line. And they're struggling because of it. Stafford doesn't have a lot of time. Um, the offensive, uh, the running backs get absolutely no time to to wait for holes. I don't think either of them are that great of runners to begin with. Akers and Henderson just don't have a ton of like vision and burst to get through the holes that they do have. I I uh, I don't. I'm not going to play a single running back in this backfield again. You you play Higby, you play Cup, and then you move on from this team. The Eagles and the Cardinals. All right. So Jalen Hurts, uh, his MVP run continues. And the passing side of things, A.J. Brown, man, uh, he's he's definitely a buy low for me. I mean, we know how talented this dude is, and we've seen the big games come from him. I mean, it hasn't been in a minute, but you know that they are uh, coming. What a what a trio of, of weapons for Hurts to work with, though. Goddard, Devontae Smith, A.J. Brown, 
Their offensive line is absolutely fucking humming. Their defense is really, really good. Uh, so at this point, you get as many Philly uh, players into your lineup as you can. Jalen Hurts, Miles Sanders, Dallas Goddard, Devonta Smith, A.J. Brown. Um, so you feel really, really good if you went heavy on those those stacks. Arizona Cardinals, I just like don't understand how they continue to – they should have fired fucking Cliff. They just gave him an extension this offseason. It is uh, – it, I, it's not a good time to be an Arizona fan. We'll put it that way. They, they Their offense is absolutely atrocious. Um, James Conner, I believe James Conner and Darrell Williams both got, that's a ball right there. I love Miles Sanders. Dude, I never, ne- I never doubted for a second. I never doubted for a single second. In the previous two years, I knew he would be this player. I would trade high on Miles Sanders. If you have JT, I would package JT and AJ Brown and Kyle Pitts and George Kittle for Miles Sanders right now. If I had any um, stock Anthony Richardson on Mojo, I would I would sell it and then pay your league mate under the counter for Miles Sanders. Because Anthony Richardson stinks. Marquise Brown does not stink. 8 for 78, another touchdown. Continues to get 10 fucking targets a game. I believe his last three games have been like 10 targets, 11 targets, 17 targets. So he's a wide receiver one. Like every single week, this dude balls out. I actually want to see where he ranks right now in fantasy. He is the wide receiver five overall in half PPR. It's Cooper Cup, Stefan Diggs, Justin Jefferson, Tyreek Hill, and it is Hollywood fucking Brown. Um, yeah, he's he's awesome. He continues to play so much bigger than he looks like a different player this year, too. Like they're asking him to play like DeAndre Hopkins, and he's doing it. He's running routes that they need from a possession receiver. It's pretty fucking awesome to watch him play. He's he's looked like a player. That is better than any of us, I feel like, imagined when he was drafted. So you continue to roll him out, obviously, uh, with Eno Benjamin. So we have to kind of check on the statuses of these injuries. Let's uh, let's do a little quick, quick Twitter search right now. So we have Darrell Williams' knee, James Conner' rib. All right, we don't have any like quick updates on the injuries right now. If those two are out, I mean, listen, they're gonna one of the, one of them at worst will be back sooner than later. So I'm not gonna go crazy on Eno Benjamin. Uh, the Cardinals play against the Seahawks next week, so that's obviously a team that you can uh, run the ball on and have success. Same thing with New Orleans after that, and same thing with Minnesota after that. So if there's significant missed time from either of those two guys, James Conner or Darrell Williams. Yeah, you know, Benjamin becomes an exciting play. He's also a really good pass catcher, four targets in this one, three catches, 28 yards. So I would I would spend a little bit on, you know, maybe 10, 15 bucks, something like that, kind of see see what happens throughout the weeks. But I wouldn't be surprised if one of those guys is back um, next week. On the passing side of things, Rondell Moore, 7 for 68. Cool to see him involved, I guess, but nothing big time, realistically, nothing like down the field much. And DeAndre Hopkins will be back in a couple of weeks. Um, so is now the time to sell Marquise Brown? You tell me, because I gotta fucking know, because I got him on E Town Get Down. Now uh, I'm I'm holding out on Marquise Brown, man. I uh, I think he will continue to see a lot of targets come his way. I think maybe he's not gonna get as many of those like comeback routes, those like outside of the numbers, like possession. I need the strongest hands in the NFL type beat from DeAndre Hopkins. But I think Marquise Brown could. I, I think hopefully D Hop will open up Marquise to to hit on some longer plays when he's back in the lineup. But I think he's a really solid wide receiver too. rest of the year when D-Hop does return. But obviously you continue rolling him out um, until then. Then we had the Sunday football game, the Ravens versus the Bengals. Needed six points out of Tyler Boyd. Didn't get it. Now I got to drink a fucking disgusting smoothie made by Judge Sexual Patterson the fourth, And I'm not going to kill myself, but you know, 
We're getting dangerously close with these dealer no deal punishments. Uh, Lamar Jackson, kind of another disappointing game. 19 for 32, 174 yards, touchdown interception, just 5.4 yards per attempt. Just an ugly offensive performance. You know, this is what happens when these two teams play. These interdivision games between um, Bengals, Ravens, Browns, Steelers, shit always happens, man. It's so hard to tell what's actually going to be uh, what's real, what's not real. T. Higgins sits out for most of this game. He was, like, active, but the ankle, I guess, flared back up or he, whatever it was. Didn't end up playing. Jamar Chase was kind of another disappointing game. I know I said I'd trade for him for sure. He's too good to be held down for this long, man. Uh, 12 targets in this one. I think they will continue to... Uh, figure out ways to scheme him the ball and hopefully get more downfield shots um, to him. Hayden Hurst is, you know, he's doing things weekly, every other week that you could throw into your lineup. But he's like a he's a high end tight end too right now. He's athletic, balled out in Baltimore. We want to show them that. Yeah, dude, I definitely deserve to get picked higher than Lamar Jackson and Mark Andrews in our draft. Psych bitch. But big game. Six of 53 touchdown. Uh, Joe Mixon continues to look like Najee Harris out there. Now, Joe Mixon actually looked okay. I saw, um, I rewatched the game this morning because I, I missed a lot of the games last yesterday. I'm not gonna lie. I was traveling, I was in the airport, flight got delayed, I was hungover. We were whatever. All right. It happens. This is a goddamn Sunday. 14 for 78. Um, there's just not a lot of explosiveness coming out of Joe Mixon. I don't think he ever had that in him. Um, people, you know, a, a lot, high utilization, of course, but, you know, we saw Samaji P. Ryan get four targets to Joe Mixon's three. Uh, Samaji Piran mixed in on the ground a little bit. It sometimes seems like Piran's more explosive than Joe Mixon, which is sad to say, but it, it could it could actually be um be a real thing. So Mixon, everybody loves to talk about the usage and how heavily involved in the offense he is. It's like cool, but like I might flip Mixon. Mixon might be a sell high for me just based on how how many carries and stuff he gets. He just like never really breaks the ceiling, man. It never happens for him. On the flip side, Mark Andrews was the only real playmaker on offense with Rashad Bateman out. J.K. Dobbins, 8 for 44. He continues to be the RB1 here, and he looked a little bit more explosive in this one than he has in recent uh, weeks since he has made his return, but still, like, eight carries to Kenyon Drake's four. Kenyon Drake had a target. J.K. Dobbins did not have a target. Um, I, I still question, like, what the upside is in Baltimore because they're – I mean, their offensive line is another one that's kind of hampered this offense a little bit. They're getting much, much better as the season progresses, but – I'm still um, – it's still hard to look at Dobbins. Like, I mean, last week was obviously a fluke. He had a couple, like, really, really close to the goal line touchdowns. And um, and then you're, like, really excited about starting him. And then you bench Najee Harris and you start J.K. Dobbins over Najee Harris. And fucking somehow Najee Harris outscores J.K. Dobbins. You know, some people did that, hypothetically speaking. And then Dobbins um, looks okay again. But I, I don't think you can trust him as – something more than like a very low-end RB2 or a flex play going forward. I don't know what this offense has in terms of ceiling for the running backs. It's like it's been all Lamar Jackson throwing the ball or all Lamar Jackson running the ball. So, yeah, if they get a goal line score, cool. I think Gus Edwards was designated to return. I don't know if that means he's actually going to be returning anytime soon. Um, but that's another guy to keep an eye on because I think if Gus Edwards is healthy, then we definitely have a committee between Dobbins and, and Gus. So, a little bit disappointing in the backfield there after a big game for J.K. Dobbins last week, and I believe that wraps it up for this stream. Holy shit, I forgot just how um, how long these long streams were. I forgot how long an hour was. You know, I've been alive for quite a while and uh, still don't understand the concept of time. So with that being said, thank you guys for hanging out for this long. Uh, maybe we'll take some questions in the comments. 
uh, James Robinson Bila. I'm not buying him right now, and I don't really love what we saw with Travis Etienne getting involved there. Uh, yeah, go pri- go go hit Prize Picks, please, people, please, people. If you stay for this long and you are not on Prize Picks yet, it would be really, really, really helpful to the brand. It'd be helpful to your pockets if you go on Prize Pick, Prize Picks, and you download the app and you use promo code BDGE and you go fucking nail Daniel Carlson over 1.5 field goals made. Animal right now shaking in his boots that I beat him to it. You hate to see it. All right. Uh, I actually, I have to go. I'm not taking comments right now. I'm going to pass away. Uh, Please, please hit the button that looks like this underneath the video. Subscribe to the channel. If you're new, we'll be doing these recaps every single Monday for the rest of our lives. I love you. Thank you, Ike Baby. We're out. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.